Hello. Hello, Benjamin. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Not too bad. Just okay. Not amazing. Uh-oh. Yes. <laughs> I saw this thing. It was like uh, how to translate Americans when they mm-hmm. tell you how they're doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They're like, how are you doing? Great. Like, great equals fine. <laughs> okay equals very, very bad. <laughs> it's so true. It's yeah. so true. And like very, very bad means like, you know, you know, just as bad as it could be. I saw someone else from from like Europe observing that like that's like a traditional American thing to just say like how's it going, and we actually don't expect anyone to ever answer that question. It's just like a salutation, which mm-hmm. is very bizarre if you think about it. It's super bizarre. It used to weird me out a lot. Like there was, I remember a period of a, a number of years where it weird, like it, it, I just kept being like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, why do we do this? And now it just it just fades into the background. It's like perfectly it's, acceptable it's, to just like nod at somebody when they say like, how's it going? It's just like, mm-hmm. Right. Hey, how's it going? Yep. <laughs> just, that just means like, hello. Yep. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm, I, I just, I'm like, you're, I'm fresh on some emotional stuff and I figured let, let's process. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Happy to help you, uh, help you process. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm already coming on the other side, but like you, you just caught me at an interesting time. So I just was messaging with someone uh, who's a tuple user and I was like, hey, like, how's it going? And he was just, he was like, well, to be totally honest, like we tried to do a session and like it didn't really work. And overall, like quality wise, I think I'm finding is like people with particularly on bad connections, like Zoom is beating you on in video quality. And like, so I've, I've just been like going back to that more and more. Like this is very reasonable feedback and very normal. But like, I'm a little sleep deprived. This is just, this is always, it's always the way. It's perfect like, cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> perfect cocktail. Didn't get quite enough sleep. I did get some exercise today. Uh, but sometimes I find that if I'm sleep deprived, the exercise doesn't do its same thing. It just makes me a little more tired, kind of. Like it's sort of a mood elevator, but not in the way it is if I'm actually rested. Uh, also, I'm at four o'clock my time, which I know from my rhythms is like my low point of every day. Like I always need to nap at four. Like this is just like when I'm at my like least patient and least whatever. And so just like getting this feedback, I, I just sort of like felt myself, my stomach tightened up. And I was like, oh, God, how are we ever going to make this good enough? This is an existential risk and I'm in danger. Like I felt like this like blast of adrenaline come in and I was like, oh, so that's that. That's what's that's what's going on with me. That's tough. And like I can totally empathize with I don't know. It's just I think it's the stage we're in in our businesses, too, where it feels like again, brains being irrational, like one anecdote, one small piece of feedback from one individual use case can really have an outsized impact on it's so true mental state. So I feel you. Yeah, we feel so fragile still. Where it's like the question that we sort of keep asking ourselves and that, that I'm asking is like, are we have we made it like, are we there yet? Like, have we made a thing that's actually really good that people like want? And like, the fact that I don't have a great answer to that is a sort of a sign to me. Like, we're we actually were just talking today about building some like feedback features in like after you finish a call, like, how was the call? Like, so we have, you know, some sort of additional indicators. There's votes for and against that. Like we had our first expansion revenue this week, which is like amazing. Like someone like liked it enough to buy another seat. And I was like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Like, this is the, the dream. And, you know, like, we've had some positive feedback from people and whatnot. But then, like, the negative ones come in and it's like, oh, that's damn. And, like, so, like, first of all, there's that irrational brain thing where, like, the negatives just, they just hit me so much harder than the goods hit me, which is a real bummer. But then also there's just, like, that, like, beyond that, like, really, where are we? Like, how, like, it, it would be weird if, a, you know, some number of months into this, we were already there. You know, like, we were at, like, okay, we've made a great product that everyone loves and we have product market fit and we figured it out. Like, of course we're not there yet but like how far are we like how much stress should i be feeling right now how much danger are we in you know like it's these questions are still up in the air right because it makes you start thinking like well if i'm hearing this from this person what is everyone else not telling me like are other people feeling this right now and you start to question things because i don't know if you've been getting a lot of positive feedback it probably can leave a little bit of suspicion in the back of your mind of like am i only getting one side of the story right now you know yeah um yeah, and we have like outlier good users and outlier bad users. It's like some people are just like effusive and they are they have smiley faces in every email they send me and it's great. And then some people are just like, well, no, it's kind of bad. So it's like, who do I listen to? And like, there's always my inner critic of like, it's like, it's hard for me to think it's good enough anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went and meditated, which was good, actually. My first response was like, okay, I need to do my meditation for today anyhow. So this actually is great timing because I'm, I'm feeling very stressed about this in this moment. And so I like went over, sat down, did 10 minutes. And it was like kind of the perfect, perfect meditation. It was just like, okay, first thing we're going to do, just drop everything. During this 10 minutes, don't plan, don't fix, 
don't think about any of this other stuff. Like just, just give this 10 minutes to yourself. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. And like by the end of the session, that like not in my stomach, which for me is the physical manifestation of this kind of stress. It was, was, you know, 90% gone. And I was like, okay, like when that, when that goes away, I'm usually on the, on the mend. So like it took 10 minutes and I was kind of like backish. And then like I started doing some of like the, the rational thinking, which is like what I've been doing with you, which is like, yeah, we're going to have shortfalls. Like we, this is, this is a hard problem to solve and Zoom will always be hard to do better than in some ways. Like they have raised $140 million of VC. They have a thousand employees. They have been at this for seven years. Like the, the fact that like their subsituations or Zoom is better than us would be incredibly surprising if that weren't true. So like me beating myself up or like thinking that we are failing somehow because of that is like, well, this is not a very reasonable course of thought. So I'm sort of meditating and reasoning myself out of the uh, dis- being distraught. Yeah. And that's a that's actually a really good thread you just pulled on there about thinking about competition because it's something I've been it's been in the back of my mind as I'm especially as I'm having conversations with this team of 10 that I've been working with closely. You know, they're coming off of Slack and there's definitely things they recognize wrong with the product, but there's also a whole slew of things that they really love about it. And it's not necessarily a goal of mine to reach parity on all of the things that everyone loves about Slack, because even to get there could take years, uh, especially as a solo operator. And they've got a team of you know hundreds of engineers or whatever. So I'm trying to reset my perspective on like, I'm not even aiming for that goal. And I'm really trying to just, I guess, focus because you have to, you know, out of necessity. It's like you can't you can't possibly think that you'll be able to compete with you know these large competitors on every dimension so then it's just makes me focus extra hard on on how am i going to focus my efforts on the product because it's otherwise it just gets too overwhelming to even look at a competitive landscape and try to like match up checking all the boxes on feature pages and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. yeah and there's a lot of reasons for people to like you versus other things it's not really about matching all those features anyway for, for a lot of people, like you don't need all the customers. If someone has a good solution to the problem, then like, that's okay. You don't need all of those. That's the thing I have to keep telling myself. But also like, I, I do worry a little bit that I'm just kind of like, I guess my personal bias is makes this unlikely, but like, also I don't want to be like, don't freak out. It's going to be fine. But actually it's like, no, you should freak out. Like you should be worried about this particular problem because it's important. I think I'm unlikely to ignore this problem because I care about it a lot. But I also don't want to just like soothe myself into a state of complacency or, you know, false optimism, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of like having health, a healthy level of stress. Like it's not worth getting toxically stressed over this. It's probably something that's worth, and I think you guys are already doing this, like you're, you're measuring things around this so that you know what you're like, essentially your, your KPIs are to use like a buzzwordy term, right? You know what you're, in order to be the best pair programming tool, we need to excel in these specific areas around latency or whatever it is. As long as things are trending in the right direction in those areas, maybe you aren't today, but every day it gets a little bit better. And eventually you will be consistently better on the, the core mission of your product, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that is a, that is a fallacy that I fall into when I'm in that like bad state which is like, whatever is bad today will always be bad. I don't think about like, how likely is it that these problems are will persist a certain number of months from now. And so it's like, oh, like, our quality is not as good when the connection quality is lower or something. It's like, well, like, have we optimized that at all? No. Okay, well, if you spent three months on that problem, do you think you could make some progress? And like, certainly. But in those moments, I'm just kind of like, oh, God, we're bad at this. Well, we, we probably won't win if we're bad at this. And not just like, well, what do we do about this? Yeah. And I think it's especially hard mentally to know that there's a good chance you're going to end up losing some customers here from the early days who just couldn't, you know, they just they just didn't have time to wait it out. And so they're like, you know, this product at its current stage isn't going to work for us. There's going to be a whole slew of others who it's good enough and they're just going to stick with you as it improves. I, I find myself getting biased towards like, I really want like my my team of 10 right now, I really want them to love, fall in love with the product, stick with it and it all be good. But there's a chance, there's a small chance that like enough things pile up that where they're like, you know what, it's just not the right time for us. And that doesn't mean I've failed. It just means at the stage they're at, the needs they have, maybe they're not perfectly aligned with where the product's at right now, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to get there. So it's just hard to like potentially lose customers too. Um, totally. 
Yeah. And these are like our network, like within our, they're, they're in our circle customers kind of things. These are our friends and people we know and whatnot. And so it's like, okay, I don't want, I, I would love them to love us. And like, they were the first people to take shots on us and all that. Some of them will be, will, we, we will lose for sure. But that doesn't, it's not necessarily a, a death blow. Oh, oh, brains. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a recurring art of product theme, right? It's just figuring out how all the ways that our brains betray us on a regular basis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be a lot easier if uh, I just never had irrational thoughts in mm-hmm. my head. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. So it's all about the coping strategies, I guess. Totally. Yep. That's what it's about. Oh, but speaking of those, so I had, I had a pretty nice goal, actually, as of today, which is, so I said at the beginning of the month, I did some monthly planning, and I was like, what kind of things do I want to do this month? Uh, and one of the things on my list was to meditate um, every day of the month, mind, like, and I gave myself a two-day buffer, like, like two days of sort of misses, uh, and I hit that as of today. Nice. Congrats. So thank you. So like the last 26 of 28 days, I did uh, 10 minutes of meditation. It helps a bit. It's not magic. Yeah. I will say. No silver bullets. It's, I, it's definitely not. It's like the sort of the promise. I'm using the Waking Up app by Sam Harris, which I, is, I like. And one of his sort of his like, why would you do this? And why would you put in the time? Is like, you'll find the half-life of negative of emotions. Negative emotions can be shorter as you start to realize, hey, I'm, I'm thinking these negative emotions. I'm making them happen with my consciousness. I'm putting myself in this place. And I can think about other things, or I can sort of, just by kind of noticing that you're doing it, you do it less. Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm thinking thoughts that are causing adrenaline to, to drop in my brain, and I'm like tensing my stomach in a way, and like, I, I'm, I'm like, I can sort of see myself doing it. And as I see it, I'm like, okay, well, do I have to do that? It's like, no, not, not really. So I would say it's not magic, but it is helping a little bit. Yeah, that, I think that makes logical sense. Like there's, there's been times where I know that I will go on throughout the day and feel like my productivity has dropped. I just feel agitated. I feel impatient. And like it bleeds into whatever task I'm working on. And it bleeds into, you know, if I'm just pr- trying to solve a problem and like I'm, I'm not nearly as effective and I'm getting upset easily. And if I take a step back and try to just have a little bit more awareness and think about like, why am I feeling this way right now? And then, and then kind of work through that, then you can, you can save yourself a lot of time where you're operating at a, you know, suboptimal level, just if you kind of step back, become aware of what's, what are the negative things that are impacting you right now? And can I get past them for today, at least so that I can, so that it's not continuing to infect everything else I'm doing, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's that like one foot in front of the other thing you touched on this. Like if the product gets better every week, it doesn't really matter what it is today. It matters how much we can improve it each week. Like the, the growth rate, the improvement rate is, is more important than the current status. Yep. Yep. Precisely. We're getting there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Software's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. It takes a long time to make good software. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We do keep we do keep putting some good stuff out. Like, and before this goddamn bad feedback, <laughs> I was feeling pretty good about things. <laughs> like we shipped some good stuff recently. Yeah. And so I mean, so it's not it's not the feedback's fault. It's not the person's fault. It's my fault, right? Like it's I'm I it's me over focusing on this one little bit where it's like okay, but if in the broader scheme, like things are getting better, and people like we have a, we have a new cohort starting next month. Um, I have a number of people that join the waitlist, like paid to get on the waitlist to be onboarded next month, and these people are going to get a better product than the people that have been here from the beginning. At least you know they they will see it from a, a better starting point, and that feels that feels pretty good. I've observed that too. Like I've, I've let in a couple people here and there in the last week and just kind of observing their onboarding process and like, oh yeah, the last time I did this with somebody, like the, the UI was arranged a bit differently. Things were less, con- things were confusing. The performance was a little bit worse. Like, ah, this is, this is really good. Like, I'm glad that this is their first one experience. And like, at least, um, initial reactions have been far more positive than they were originally. So I, it's like those little indications that moving in the right direction, you know, yeah, but it's fun to get those. Yeah, I just need to not overfocus on the negative things. It's we added a um, like a feedback dialogue, basically. We're just kind of in the in app. You can drop in like a message about how things are going, and so that and now that that dumps in a in a feed that we all get. And so it's like that's good for getting more feedback. But now also we have like we're getting the feedback when things are not so good, like because these are mostly like support requests or problems or whatnot. So it's like okay, now there's a now there's a stress feed over here that just is like. Which of these problems can we fix? Now, you don't have those coming through as like a, it's not like a 
Slack push notification or something, right? Like it is. Oh no. <laughs> well, it's not a push notification. It goes into a Slack channel. Okay. Okay. That's um, yeah. I don't have like push on for that. Okay. Because that would be extra bad. So you'll you'll definitely want to control that so you can sip from that well when you feel like you're in a good place to go reach into that bucket, you know? <laughs> that is a good point. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like there's th- that bucket is not the like the happy people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's like you got to be in a place where you're like, oh, I'm feeling mentally strong right now to get some critical <laughs> feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And everything's harder on less sleep. This all just feels mm-hmm. more overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I wonder why I didn't sleep as well last night. I'm not even totally clear. You say, yeah, was it just, was it low quality sleep or did you go to bed too late? Oh, you know what? I mean, so I, I just switched time zones. That's probably the biggest thing. Ah. Uh, I was in Salt Lake City the last couple of days. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, or over the weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I was up a little bit later than I should have been. And I like, I woke up at, this, I did the stupid thing, which is like, I woke up at like three 30 or something, which happens to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I like grabbed my phone mm. and like played around on my phone for a Blue little light. bit. Blue like, light. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that is the worst. That always wrecks me. I yep. would say. Yep. Like the, sometimes even just like missing a couple hours is not as bad as like breaking it up in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I almost can, I almost always can go right back to sleep if I just do it. Yeah. But it's when I like that, oh, let me just see what's going on in the world. And then like <laughs> hours go by and then the little bit of sleep I, I managed to catch on the other side is like just not helpful. Yeah, that happened to me last week, too. I um, I was like I went to bed extra early. I was like tired at like 10 o'clock and I usually go to bed closer to 11 or 1130 or something. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to go to sleep right now and like fell asleep fast, but then woke up middle of the night and probably laid there for like an hour and a half. I, I was very tempted to look at the phone. But I was like, if I do that, I'm totally screwed. Uh, and I know I need more sleep. I know I'm not like ready to get up for the day, but you know what? I think it was partially too. I was, um, I was like on the cusp of shipping my big, my big improvement. I think I was just so excited about it that I was like, you know, sometimes I wake up just rearing, ready to go the next day. And it just, just happened like a little too, uh, early in the middle of the night. (laughs) So yeah, that's that's almost a good problem. No brain. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you end up shipping that, by the way, the performance stuff? Uh, I did, yeah. So that nice. went out uh, earlier in the week, and the feedback so far has been very positive. Everyone's like very excited about how snappy the experience is now. And it's basically, there's a lot of stuff I can cache because most posts, once they're posted, are not changing all the time unless you edit them. And then I have WebSockets to pick up changes as stuff happens over time. So I can basically, similar to what like your email client does, where it's keeping a cache of of all your emails, I'm kind of starting to do the same thing um, in level. So as you click between things, once you've loaded up a channel, like all those posts will be persisted locally. So when you come back, it's like instantaneous, which, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So so that cache lives on the, in the browser then? Yeah. And right now I'm actually not flushing it to like local storage. So if you hard refresh, like the cache gets completely busted right now, but I do want to make sure that I'm like, covering all the edge cases of like filling in missing data like if you go offline for a couple hours come back i'm catching a lot of the edge cases but there's probably some cases where like things wouldn't get properly background refreshed upon reconnect i'm being cautious about like overly aggressively caching things to the point where like it's actually hard to force it to uh refresh itself you know mm-hmm. um, yeah 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 that connection state stuff is tricky like we we have an app that's sensitive to that it's like you're online but then you like you're you shut the laptop and you go to a different wi-fi and open back up and like then what happens and it's it's a little tricky it is yeah i spent and i spent like um probably a week working on that just trying to get it so like the app will will like listen for all the failure modes of like is it is this a network disconnected thing or is this just like a like different errors will happen if you just shut your laptop and it's like a hard cutoff versus a graceful one where the browser can actually know that the connection was dropped spent a bunch of time kind of working with the Phoenix WebSocket client and trying to like catch all the uh, different exceptions and stuff. And now it's really good. Like it's hard to, it's hard to get the level client app in a state where like it's unable to reconnect and, and re plug in all its WebSocket stuff. So I feel good about that. And now it's just like, I need to track, you know, when was the last known time that it was connected? And then once it reconnects, kind of like ask the server for like, to catch up basically and t- tell me everything that happened since I was last connected. And that, I know there's a lot of dragons there, like getting that to be super reliable, but yeah, totally. But it sounds like 
there people are digging the snappiness oh yeah oh yeah for sure yeah so that's i mean that has dramatically like improved the feel of the app the user experience and and also like in, as part of that not just performance but now like if you're on a screen say you're like in a particular channel looking at the timeline of things and someone posts something new before it would it would like you kind of had to like re revisit that page to pick up new changes or like sometimes they in certain views they would just flow in automatically and like append themselves to the top so if you're reading something it could just like boop shift out from under your eyes which is really annoying so now it does like the more of the twitter style like little message there's two new posts click here to view them and those will just kind of queue up in the background uh, as new stuff flows in and that's very consistent now across all the views uh, so it just yeah I'm surprised to hear that performance was a thing given like your stack. Like, isn't Phoenix ridiculously fast? It is, but it's it's kind of just the balance of like, how many things am I fetching all at the same time? So, so before I was treating it very much like a standard request response application where like every time you change the page, it would literally load up all the data that you needed for for the page load because I wasn't doing any kind of sharing between pages because that was just like the easiest way to implement it from the get-go. And I knew like if you, you could hit any route on the single page app and it would always know at that point, like to load up all the freshest stuff that was like V1. I knew that wasn't going to last long because there's a, there's a bunch of sharing between pages that could happen to speed things up. But so like, if you think about loading a, a timeline of posts it's like there's posts and then there's at least a handful of the latest replies and then there's like the author and all their information and then there's thumbs up reactions who who thumbs up things and what are the counts on that and you do that for the, the entire timeline and you know if you're loading 20 posts or 50 posts or something i mean that could end up being a fair number of database calls so. Does GraphQL shield you from any of that? Like, isn't that one request, but then, then many database calls? Is it's that what one happens? request, but like, it actually does a pretty good job. There's there's this library called Data Loader that I think Facebook implemented, like the reference implementation of it in JavaScript, but it's been ported over to Elixir. And it basically, GraphQL queries can easily turn into tons of n plus ones because like if you're requesting related things and it doesn't know how to batch up those queries properly then you could just end up like iterating over collections that call other things that call other things and before you know it you've got you know a bazillion n plus ones in there so data loader basically takes predefined relationships and then and then batches them up as much as possible so it's like not super bad but it still ends up being a lot of queries at the end of the day Gotcha. Yeah. Technology will not save us. <laughs> yeah. But brain oh, still required. This ties in with the, a gratitude piece I wrote one down for oh, this week. Nice. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Oh, that's all right. I figured we probably didn't want to like commit ourselves to any recurring thing, hard and fast, you know, rule. But I did come up with one as I was uh, just kind of pondering today. I'm super grateful for all this open source technology that I'm building on top of. Like I was, like I was, you know, building something in GraphQL today and I went and looked at the API docs for Absinthe, the library, and it's just like it had exactly what I needed. And it just made me think like, man, they put in so much effort into this thing that to parse GraphQL queries and provide the DSL for query resolution and all this stuff that I didn't have to build. I could just download it for free off the internet. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. We live in a nice time for that. Yeah, I know. I dig that a lot. Yeah. Just think how much harder my life would be if I didn't have Elm to write the front end in and Elixir and the Erlang VM and WebSocket technologies that have taken like 10 years to mature in browsers. And I mean, even if I was trying to implement this, you know, five, 10 years ago, it would be a lot more sure. dicey. But even then, and, and even like paid products too, like Stripe, the fact yeah. that you could just have Stripe do things like, man, is that nice? Yeah. And oh man, Stripe has gotten so good. Like, like it used to be very like, focused on you know having a great api and their their web interface was always good but it was minimal so i i started off a few actual paying subscriptions this week so i have some official officially some mrr and so i just went in and was manually setting up subscriptions and it's like you go to the billing area you go to the customer you want to add a product you select how many seats you you know and it's just all very smooth to to handle yep. manually i love it that, that is yeah I've, i have the same experience and they're even doing things like, here's your MRR, which didn't used to be a thing. I remember writing that myself back in the day. I'm grateful. I went skiing this weekend with my brother and my dad. 
um, out in Utah. And it was, man, it was great. It was like basically the perfect ski trip. Like we had awesome conditions. We, all our flights were on time. There was no lift lines. No one got hurt. It was basically like you couldn't, I wouldn't really change anything. It was, nice. it was pretty flawless. That's awesome. Did you get some good, yeah. some good like mental downtime? Do you feel, did you feel refreshed coming back? That's a good question. Um, refresh coming back. I guess so. I didn't, I didn't really notice a difference, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I felt good earlier this week for sure. Hard to say. I usually feel pretty re-energized after the weekend anyway. Maybe I'm doing my weekends well in general, or I'm just... Yeah, it's a good habit just, to build, I guess, to, to yeah. have regular recharge points in the week, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mostly, aside from like right now, <laughs> for the last 40 minutes, yeah. um, I mostly don't feel very stressed during the week. Like it doesn't feel to me like I have a like an on stressful week and then like an off recovery weekend kind of thing so much. I'm mostly pretty positive and optimistic about things. So, um, yeah, so I'm not noticing a huge difference between those time periods, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think if you reach the point where like, oh, I'm mega stressed and I just need an escape to get recharged, like that's yeah. you're probably in a in a bad state, you know, some some habits. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think ideally good. you're just you're not you never get there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like take take the time if you do get there, but hopefully you can like what I'm hoping is that we can just kind of work at a sustainable, comfortable pace where nobody feels too stressed and you know it, it feels like things are mostly just progressing nicely. We'll see. Yeah, that's my goal too. Or it'll all fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have the worst case scenario of having to go get a development job or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all okay. It is all okay. There there are very few very bad outcomes here mm-hmm. i don't think there are really any yeah we do live a pretty a pretty privileged life a lot to be thankful yeah. for. yeah yeah also oh man i can't believe i missed this in gratitude uh tomorrow uh we're paying ourselves a little bit oh nice yeah we have enough so we, we figured out what we wanted for like a buffer in the bank account mm-hmm. and then there was extra and so we're splitting three ways and paying a little bit of cash out very cool tomorrow. wow that's yeah. big it's pretty cool it's i man i yeah i'm in, I'm in such a, spa, a headspace right now where mm-hmm. i'm like yeah but like <laughs> it's only because we've we've fooled all these people into giving us this money and yeah. soon they're gonna find out yeah. that the app is terrible and blah blah blah. but no it, it's it's good yeah yeah so try it's, to suppress those lies uh this is yes. this is a worthy achievement well earned <laughs> thank you yep. yeah yeah that's nice. Well, I just did the opposite and just transferred a, a bucket of cash into the company account <laughs> this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah? Yeah. What's I, that for? Oh, just, you know, the I got Honey Badger and uh, Heroku and various, like a couple hundred bucks in various SaaS tools. So mm-hmm. not too high of expenses, um, but yeah. Honey Badger did a, a smart thing. Uh, by the way, I read their about page today and I was like, wow, this is, uh, they sound like us only, a, you know, a handful of years ahead of us and already successful. Yeah. I heard saw was, you giving them props on Twitter. Yeah. I always, yeah, I like their like, copywriting. It's good. Stuff. Totally. Yeah. And they're like, we're three people and we thought the state of the world was not good. So we made a thing and we're six years old, but there's still only three of us. And I was like, oh man, this is speaking my language. Yeah. I feel like honey, the Honey Badger team, what they've done is highly underrated. Like they've, they've built a great business from what I can tell. And they seem very like happy and fulfilled in their work and yeah yeah someone should uh invite them on their podcast and talk to them uh yes that sounds like a great idea yeah joel signed up for honey badger because we were needed some exception notification stuff and got an email and was like hey like we're doing an experiment uh if you you don't have to put a credit card in to do a trial but if you do uh we still won't charge it but we will also send you a t-shirt Ooh, i like that Uh, (laughs) i was like that is pretty clever (laughs) You know, you're getting the card up front. They're still not charging. Like, there's still there's the trial is still free, but it's like okay, now there's a card on file. So the default outcome is you can actually bill it. I like that. Yeah, incentive. Yeah. I bet that. that. It, yeah, yeah, it's pretty nice. We're like, I bet on its own that is positive ROI, right? Like that probably just like makes you more money net net, taking into account the cost of the shirt. But then also it's like the cost is here is a marketing billboard that you can wear exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to like yeah. advertise our company. Yep, it's like uh yeah this is, seems pretty good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like even so like joel was psyched he's like i got a t-shirt this is cool yeah it's like yeah wow <laughs> this is everyone's winning here especially uh, uh, our type of you know developer crowd just eats that up like we love t-shirts <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's be real yeah it's, I, i've been thinking we i might i, I want to make us some t-shirts i think mm-hmm. pretty, i think it's pretty soon now mm-hmm. 
We're getting to the point where it's like, yeah, we could spend a little cash on t-shirts. That'd be that'd be legit. I don't regret spending cash on the level t-shirts. Do you have one, mm-hmm. by the way? I do. Yeah, okay, I love yeah, it. I so. Yeah, and people love that shirt because it's, I mean, it's the next level tri-blend, which is just my favorite custom-made t-shirt that they have. I get a lot of compliments on that shirt that it's like, man, this thing's so comfortable. It doesn't lose its shape. I think it's worth like, you know, it is a little more expensive than just like a plain cotton, you know, standard thing. But um worth it because people will wear it more if it's really comfy you know yeah i think making a crappy shirt is definitely not worth the cost savings no no hmm. yeah i kind of i want to do that mm-hmm. that seems fun that seems like the next level of swag that i would like us to get to mm-hmm. totally we might have to earn it though i don't know we'll, we'll see what the what milestone we can come up with that makes sense for that yeah yeah <laughs> oh anything else up with you Okay, actually, I want to talk through a quick, quick product thing with you. Get your get your rough take on it. It might be a little bit hard to describe, but I'll, I'll take a shot at it and see if I can wrap your brain around it. So in level, there's the there's the inbox, right? And that's things where your posts where you're at mentioned or where someone like replies to one of your existing posts, you're effectively subscribed to that post and it will flow into your inbox when new activity occurs, right? And then everything else, like you can subscribe to a channel And if you go to your home screen in level, there's like a feed that just kind of aggregates everything from the channels that you're subscribed to. And that's kind of designed to be like the place where, you know, you're not necessarily obligated to follow everything there. You can just click over there, sip from the fire hose, see what the latest is from the various channels that you're interested in. But like no pressure to like get caught up. There's no unread indicators in there telling you like you have, you know, 5,000 unread messages. Go try to clear all of them. Based on kind of the hypothesis that like it's at a certain scale, there's enough chatter going on back and forth that like it's pretty unnecessary to actually read everything that every conversation happening in the company. And it's just stressful and and not warranted. But in the last week, I've gotten some strong like suggestions from folks that they want to like some people in certain roles want to follow every conversation in a bunch of their channels like they just they just want to keep up with everything and right now the way to do that is you can toggle on a thing that says like send every post that's posted in this channel into my level inbox the problem with that though is that it leads to a really cluttered inbox if there's enough going on and the inbox is really supposed to be the place where like specifically where people have mentioned you or where you're looped in and you you need to follow up the conversation that's the place where those things are queued up so it's really easy for things to get lost Uh uh-huh so if i don't change anything the inbox is just conversations where i've been mentioned or like i've subscribed to explicitly correct yep okay yep but some but some people are like i want everything to go in there and right they can choose that okay or at least they say they don't necessarily want everything to go in there but they want a mechanism by which to say like i want to know if anything has happened since i last looked here in any of my channels so basically i want like i want to be able to catch up on everything and make sure i never miss a thing right and so part of me is like i want to say that's an anti-pattern. You shouldn't need to do that. But I think there's also a case to be made like I shouldn't necessarily say that that's a wrong choice for everybody. Like maybe there is a case where like it does make sense and maybe you're a small enough team, you know, like this team of 10. Like there's there's a fair amount of conversation going on back and forth, but maybe it's not too much for like the team lead to be able to consume everything. So an idea I have, it's kind of tied in with the feature I'm building right now, which is basically a notification feed. So so then so think of like like Twitter notifications, right? It's a timeline of events that have happened ordered by the time at which they occurred. So at a minimum, this will apply to things in your inbox. So you're looking at your inbox, say you've come back to it after a few hours, and there's there's a number of things marked as unread in there. And you can also consult your notification feed and it'll say, you know, Ben replied to this post and John acknowledged this other reply and it'll kind of just summarize for you in a list of like sort of events like what has happened that you have not yet seen as opposed to just like skimming through your inbox and trying to spot all the things that have happened it gives you a place to basically summarize like here's the stream of stuff that's occurred does that make sense okay um kind of I thought the inbox kind of was that though, like all the relevant things that I'm so keeping in touch with. It is, but really the inbox is like a filtered view of posts. So it's showing you a list of posts and their replies, and it will mark things that are unread, but it's not like a list of events. It is a list of posts. Okay. It's a filtered view of conversations basically, right? Okay. Yep. 
And what's an event that's not a post? Like Derek well, liked this thing or something? Yeah, yeah. So it would just be like on the time series, what things have happened? And it's not necessarily immediately obvious when you're looking at your inbox, it's not a list of events. It's a list of the conversations that are currently in your inbox, sort of like an email inbox, right? I feel like this notification stream is just an important piece for people who are like wanting to see what are the latest things that have happened in order of occurrence. You sort of made the sound earlier, like the thing that people wanted was to keep tabs on everything Mm -hmm. within a channel Mm -hmm. and not just like events. This is where it ties in with, with that desire, right? So I think... What I don't like about notifications traditionally and why Level has an inbox and not just a notification feed is because generally notifications are ephemeral. Like they, you get notified about something and then once you see it, it's like a dismissed thing, right? And the Level inbox is designed to be more like a a bin where conversations live for me until I explicitly dismiss them from that inbox. So it's sort of like a to-do list of sorts, right? But a notification is more like, you know, once you've seen it, it's kind of gone off your radar. And so something I'm considering doing is having a middle ground where you can you can kind of like passively subscribe to a channel and it will its posts will show up in your in your unified feed of posts. Or you can say, like, I want to be notified about stuff happening, new stuff in here. So like this will these will appear in my queue of notifications when new stuff occurs but it's not going to flow into my inbox. So then once I see, once I, you know, click on the activity or go straight to the post and see it, it'll be dismissed from my notifications. But that way it'll, it'll make sure to surface like what's the latest stuff that has happened. I might be too tired, but I'm having trouble following it. (laughs) Yeah, I figure that might be the case. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of confusing without like a visual or without some kind of demonstration. It's kind of hard to follow, but yeah. Yeah. So is the idea of the in- inbox that I like, would I inbox zero my in- my level inbox? Is that the goal? That is the goal. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So the idea is that I do want to look at everything in the inbox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And the notifications are thing. So like, but the inbox is posts, right? It's like post activity, but not things like, like, like if you responded to something I wrote, would that show up in my inbox? Yes. Because Okay. Yep, it but then what it. shows up in the notifications that's not that? Like a emoji reaction or something? The inbox is ordered by when the posts were created. And they may be in a state of unread. Like if someone replies to a post that was created, you know, five days ago, that would slide back into your inbox, be marked as unread, and the, and the, and the reply would be unread, right? Okay. But yep. unless you like, you know, scroll down to that, point in your inbox say you had like 15 items in there like it may not be immediately obvious to you that a new reply came in on this post that was five days old Mm -hmm. yep so so the notification stream would surface that right away because that's a notifications are basically events that are ordered by time of activity and the inbox is like the state of the world in your inbox these are the posts with their replies mm. and their acknowledgments and all that kind of stuff. I see. So the so the big difference is the um, the sorting effectively. I, yeah. And also that inboxes always post, but notifications might be things that are not just posts, right? Or they're sort of like summarized activity that's happening. Right. In the the in, yeah. The inbox like represents a post with its replies, and you'll see the the thumbs up acknowledgments with counts and everything all you know in their proper places. But like. You know, it may like just looking at that post in your inbox, it may not be immediately obvious that Joe just thumbs up this reply that you authored mm. five days ago. I see. Yep. Huh. Because everything's threaded, I can't really sort. It feels weird. I've played around with this a little bit to have like the inbox literally just be an event stream because then, you know, an acknowledgement on an old reply to an old post would be at the top, but it would not be in the context of the of the conversation thread. Like you really need to, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like you yeah, kind of yeah. need both views, which is where this, hmm. this is where I kind of arrived at this. Like you have this notification stream that shows you what are the latest things that have happened. And those tie back to posts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, this is very Twitter then. Uh, yeah. I think you could, sense. I think you could think of it as analogous to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like inbox is like the timeline and mm-hmm. the notifications is mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that sort of makes sense to me. So the, is the core problem here that you have people that want to keep tabs on everything within a channel and they feel like they're losing some of that information or they're missing things? Yeah. 
that's the that's the core problem I'm dealing with right now. Like with that use case aside, I think the notification stream is still important for people who are managing a busy inbox and and don't want to miss out on like someone thumbs upping an old reply on an old post. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's like still need to be able to surface that for inbox users. But I'm also thinking about extending this notification feed to also optionally include activity from channels but not necessarily put it in your inbox so like you can get it you can get a notification for new activity in this channel but it won't kick it into your inbox necessarily does that make sense oh hmm it all, i almost feel like you need a third thing uh-oh <laughs> like a fire like a fire hose yeah and it's just everything well that's what i have that that's and that's what do you mean well i have the, the everything fire hose right now which is oh. just it's just like so you have basically two tabs you have inbox and you have everything right okay gotcha okay <laughs> so so why does everything not work for people that want to keep tabs on everything well it doesn't work today because i'm not putting like unread indicators on every post unless you've read them because i don't want the product to encourage Similar, like when you log into Slack, a busy Slack thing, it'll be like you have 300 unread posts and unread messages in this channel and 400 in this one and 200 in this one. Like, I don't want to I don't want the product to encourage people to. Yeah. You know, you better go through and see everything in in every channel or everything on your fire hose, you know? Yeah. And that's I I, I see. It's like sort of philosophically, you're saying you want people to like opt into getting a bunch of updates about particular things yes unless they that you they like ignore your finger wagging and say no no no, i want everything yep and then how do you do that in the same way yes basically gotcha what will you do if people won't let you help them <laughs> I know. this is the this is the hard part about like product development it's like i i want to tell you like you shouldn't be forcing yourself to read every single conversation. It's not healthy. It's an anti-pattern. And I could say, like, I'm building an opinionated product that doesn't allow that. Yeah. But then you've got users saying, like, but I need that or else I can't use your product. Well, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you <know>? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. Let's figure out where to draw the line. Like, I think it is totally valid to to say, like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And then they may, may churn out and may be like, well, then sorry, I can't. And that that may be okay, but I'll, I also wonder, like, like it feels like there's maybe a middle ground here where, like, you can opt into it, but I will structure it in such a way where, like, you know, you're you're opting into something that is potentially going to overwhelm you, or it's going to cause undue stress, anxiety, needing to dismiss all these notifications. But hey, if you want it, like, if it's t- if it's manageable for you, then go ahead and do it. And then at the point it's no longer manageable, you can like dial it down easily, I guess. And, yeah. You know. huh. Interesting. This is making me think of like Twitter's like non chronological timeline mm-hmm. thing, <laughs> where they're like, like, "No, I want chronological." I'm like, okay, we'll we'll do that for you, but only for a little while, and then we're gonna turn it off, and you have to turn it back on because we know what's best, you idiot. It's it's like, hmm, who's who's right here? Right. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that's tricky yeah that twitter thing cracks me up it's i feel a little bit like where they're like no like listen you stupid monkey we've <laughs> tested this a lot and we know this makes you more addicted so just let us show you the tweets that make you keep your addiction going and keep you engaged and trust us yep it's just it's such an interesting dynamic to me yeah i know like, i on the surface i like don't want to mucking with the order like i i want to be able to like you know, have chronological or whatever, but I actually find that I find more interesting stuff with the algorithmic yeah, feed. So totally, I have not opted I, into the chrono feed. Yeah, yeah. And as a Twitter addict, when I go to Twitter, I want, as a friend of mine used to say, "Monkey wants a treat," and so it's like <laughs> I want to refresh the page, and I want there to be new things there, and I want there to be interesting. And so, like, if if you got you know AI to do that, like, all right, fine. I think that is what I want um so and they they know that's what i want because they can see the numbers and so there are all these people in my feed are pissed off about it and i'm like yeah but like i bet you like i get that you don't like it but i think you might want it anyway it's just like you know it's like i don't i don't want to want to smoke crack but every time i do it's so good that i just keep, <laughs> yeah. just keep doing it yeah 
Totally. Uh, yeah. That's a tricky situation. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear how that works out. I don't think I, I don't know if I was helpful at all, but <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, it was good to talk it out regardless. I'm, sh- I'm sure it didn't make great radio. Me trying to fumble through explaining this, you know, you might be surprised. Feature. I think your explanation was fine. I'm, I'm just a little yeah. uh, sleep deprived. <laughs> I bet our non sleep deprived listeners will have understood you. Yeah. Better. You know how many hours I've spent laying on the floor, staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out like, is the inbox a notification stream? Or is it a filtered view of posts? Like even just that yeah. distinction, um, yeah, it's totally. been vi- like, and I've gone back and forth. I've modeled it out, mocked it up as a notification stream, or as like an activity stream, basically of of things that have occurred in the order in which they occurred. And I've tried sorting posts by last activity, but then you just end up with this. Every time you go there, it's in a different order, and it's very confusing. That was actually originally how it was when this when my key team got in, just kind of observing like it was not good. Like it's, it's, that's not how it should be. But then you end up with the problem of like, well, I have a post that's five days old. Now it's further down in the the list and it's marked as unread, but unless I'm scrolling through all the time, I'm probably not going to see it. So help Mm. me, you know? And so, yeah, led me, led me to the notifications thing, but right. But then you only get a notification for that if something happens on it. Right. So it's just new. Yeah. Any new activity or, or the moment when it comes into your inbox, like whatever that thing is like, you know, Ben mentioned you in a post would be a thing. Okay, and it's like, sure. hope that corresponds to a thing that's in my inbox. It's interesting. The philosophical thing you're gonna have to figure out. That's the, that's the hard, that's the big one. But like the idea of kind of here are multiple views into your data sounds good to me. That sounds like a, a reasonable direction, especially for like a technical kind of tool where it's a little bit like, yeah, you can sort of imagine these are just database views. And I, I think you can kind of wrap your head around why you would want various ones at different for different goals Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what i don't want to do is give people like have to click in like five different places to dismiss all the dots all the like unread dots like sometimes some tools i just feel like i every time i'm in slack for example i'm like clicking through to all the different you know all the different channels and like dismiss 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 get all these things cleared and i don't want to create a situation like that in level but i think I'm hoping I can craft it in such a way where like, even if you never touch, you never click the little bell icon in the corner to look at your notifications. Like if you just go through and peruse through your inbox and, and you're not super concerned about looking at the activity feed, then those will just naturally clear themselves as you interact with these things. Like as soon as you see that post and reply to it, like that, that notification is now automatically dismissed. Um, yeah, that's nice. So makes sense. <sighs> yeah. Hmm. So, I don't want know why more people don't do this. It's so easy. <laughs> I know, right? It's one of those things. Like when it works well, it feels like super intuitive. But actually, to, yeah. to create it is uh, it's tricky. Yeah, the act of creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm curious where we're going to be like a couple months from now. I feel like start of summer is going to be kind of an interesting time where it's like, what is happening as the rubber meets the road? Like we have a, like a number of trials that are kind of ending soon. So it's like, who will convert there? We have a bunch of people starting in March. Like, will they renew for the next month? What's happening in like June, July to me? It's kind of like, I feel like going to be like, well, those, those indicators are going to be important for the rest of the, like the, the future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the frustrating part is it takes, it takes time because you have to give people trials. I mean, I think we're, we're both in the situation where like people need to try our products before we know for sure if they're going to stick around. But that's frustrating, too, is like not getting instant feedback. Like, I wish I could just say, like, do you want to buy this thing? Great. Give me money. Here it is. <laughs> I've, I've been doing that, by the way. <laughs> like, OK, so like they're paying before they trial, basically. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Mm. I just have kind of in my head been like no more free trials and just pushing the, the purchasing thing forward and like want to do a demo. Let's do a demo. Like want to see a video? Sure. I'll make a video that kind of thing and seeing like kind of what where we can get with that nice have you gotten a lot of pushback against that or are they already pretty qualified by the point you're talking to them um they're usually pretty qualified um some people at that point go no way like not going to do it but a lot of people just say sure or they say well okay let's do a month and they do one month um they like prepay for a month to do a, a test and i'm actually trying to get away from that too like again i'm trying to start with the thing that's like really good for us and so like we have somewhere to like negotiate down to if it's a problem and for some people it's just not a problem so it's great so like now i'm starting with just like all right it's this much per year per person how do we do this and just see if i can just do that because in reality we want people to come on the journey 
where it's, it's not like this is an amazing product today. It's like, I think this is going to meet your needs today. And there's gonna be some things about it that you'll really like, and then some rough edges. And we're looking for people that'll help us fix the rough edges over time. Uh, so like, you should sign up for a while. And our side of the, the bargain is that we're going to show you how fast we can make this thing better. And you're going to be pleased by that. And we'll be responsive to you and, and help you'll actually will shape the direction it goes. So um, hopefully that resonates. We'll see. Like I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of some of those. I like that framing. I, a friend of mine who's in SaaS sales has talked about like he is pretty notorious for for like only selling annual deals. And he's like, it actually it's pretty logical. The case to make for an annual deal is like, look, we want to be in this for the long haul with you. It's going to take you a while to set up our product. And we want to help guide you into doing that and getting fully successful with it. And that's going to take a little bit of time. So we're not thinking short term month to month. We're in this together for a while. So naturally, this is going to be an annual deal. When you position it that way, it feels completely different than like looking like I want a bunch of revenue up front, you know? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't decide if I. Yeah, exactly. And and that that reasoning is not even like just sales bullshit. It's no, really true. Yeah, like, it's true. There's some leads that came in the other day, and I looked, I looked at their website, and I was just like, this website is ugly. If you are okay having an ugly website, I don't think you're going to be a great customer. And I just like didn't pursue it. And it's just like I'm looking for certain kinds of people and certain kinds of companies because like these people are going to have a very large impact on what we build next and the shape it takes. And so it matters who comes in the door. And it's not just the dollars. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'm it's I'm in sales mode. So like I want to close deals, but I also want them to be the right people. And so this this barrier of like, hey, maybe it's annually, maybe maybe it's maybe it's quarterly, and you know, last resort, maybe we fall back to monthly if if I really can't convince you. Um, or maybe we just walk at that point to say, Yeah, I, I get why that doesn't work for you, but also like we're looking for people that are longer term partners. I think that will help take some of the stress off where it's like, all right, we have a number of month month to month people starting next month and like it's it's just going to be it's we'll see i'm I'm curious how they how well they will convert but it's going to feel like there's going to be a lot of urgency when it's like okay this company who we would love to sign up for another month asked for this thing do we build it right now do we drop what we're doing and schedule that in there there's there's a lot of urgency there where if it's like okay this company signed up for a year let's put this in the roadmap somewhere because we want them to be happy but like maybe it's not quite so stressful and, and hard to manage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just eases the fears a little bit if you know that like you know, they're not going to bail next month and they understand that you're still iterating, like things are still moving fast and you're still building things and listening to them and stuff like that. But yeah, if they don't have that constant, like, well, I may cancel next month type of thing hanging over your head. It helps. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to do the Jason Cohen thing where it's like, yeah, like there's, there's parts of this that are need improvement. Like I'm, I'm being honest about it and upfront about it. But I think that kind of helps almost make the case for like, and that's why you should, if you, if you want this, you should stick around for longer. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, those were all, all the initial alpha people were that were annual plans. And so there was, a, and that was before the, the software even existed. So maybe that's, this will actually be a reasonable position to take. But then again, like the market kind of determines that where it's like, if I can't actually get anybody to do it, then it's like, well, it was, it was a nice idea. But it's worth trying. And I like your, I like the way you're framing that as like, kind of like you, you're partnering with us. Like, I, I kind of like your wording around that and the way you're positioning it, because I've gotten some people coming to me and they're like, hey, I want to test out your product. I want to be a tester. I want to be a and it's like, well, it's beyond that. This is not like this is not an alpha level product where like I just want like people to bang a hammer on it. Like I want real use. And in return, I will listen to your feedback and and adjust the roadmap accordingly. Like you'll have the ability to have strong input. But this is not a, a dynamic where it's completely in favor of the tester. And I'm like, no, I'm trying, I'm building a product here that I'm monetizing. And like, this is yeah. providing real value. At this I tweeted about this a little bit, but I feel like I need, this needs to be a po- like a blog post, which is kind of like, we don't need testers. Like I, I, we can test it. Like I, I have friends that will test it. Like I, like, I think a lot of people are like, Hey, uh, I can do you the favor of trying your product for free and telling you where it's not good about it. It's like, mm, yeah, but like, that's, I got a, <laughs> we got plenty of that. Yeah. If we need it. Yeah. We will naturally hear about bugs and I don't need feature requests from someone who's not really interested in paying for the product because you're not <laughs> like, those are basically invalid in a sense because yeah and it comes from a good place like i think people mean it to like be very helpful and so i don't i don't mean to like be 
negative about that offer, but it's it's just sort of not what the we need at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting how like I can't. It's hard for me not to like bristle at that now when I hear it, like something yeah. about it, even though I know it's coming from a good place. So I need to just check yeah. check yeah, myself and know that like don't get pissed about this offer. Like it's fine. But totally, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I have the same thing. Yeah, I want to be writing a bit more about this experience and all that and things that we're coming up with and whatnot. I'm trying to figure out where to put it. Like I think. Like I could certainly start up, like spin up a blog, dot tuple or something. Um, but I also kind of, I don't want to create another content treadmill that I need to keep going. And like blogs have this like, oh, when's the last post? Oh, seven months ago. Like, I don't want to create that situation for myself. But at the same time, like I want to capture this stuff because like late, like a year from now, I won't really remember what it felt like in March of 2019. Right. Yeah. So I want to write something somewhere. I know. I... I'm, I want to, too, and I, like, thought about making a, a goal for myself to write X number of posts because I have a bunch of ideas about stuff that I've just jotted down, like, this could be a potential topic to write about as I've been on this journey thinking about stuff, and I would, like, love to tackle some of those in writing, but uh, so far I've not found the time for it, <laughs> so I'm a little bit leery about adding another recurring thing on my plate. But. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what a good answer this is. Yeah. I, I need a blog with no... Uh, dates i, I guess. mean if you have your own blog you can totally not have yeah. dates. i think i, I took dates that. off my or i have a, i am very like obscured because i'm like i don't want gotcha. anyone to come here see a date first thing and be like this is old yeah you know yeah you happy with uh subtle um you know actually i haven't journaled in forever that has sort of dropped off a bit um i do on my personal blog it's just a static site thingy and um that's the one where i kind of moved the move the uh, timestamps Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about putting on my personal blog and I was like, oh man, step one, redesign this whole terrible mm. blog, <laughs> which is like, okay, move Tailwind in here and then rip all this out. And then like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I just want to like write a 500 word post, yeah. but instead I'm going to end up <laughs> doing weeks of design work. <sighs> I know. Yeah. It's the struggle. Like it's fine that it's just out there and attached to my name, even though I don't like it. But if I'm going to add more to it and then drive more people to it, it's right. like, well, it should be better. And yeah. Blur. Yeah. <laughs> what was me anyway all right um well we should wrap it this is a long one this This has got to be the longest aop in a while that's right as it turns out we've got we had a lot of stuff so it's good yeah turns out well thanks for helping me process some of this craziness yeah i hope it hoped it helped a little bit yeah i feel pretty good and again i'll sleep on it and then talk to spencer and joel and we'll console each other and you know rally the troops but this is having people to lean on is always big for me Mm -hmm. just like guys i was feeling down yesterday because i got this news let's talk about it together and like let's figure out a plan and then we're like all right cool we, we got this we're, we'll do this we'll be okay yep and then i'll feel i'll feel good yeah yeah it's good yep and talking to my bro Derek. yeah always here for either. you man who i appreciate that what yeah. a guy yeah. um also i'm gonna see you pretty soon huh yeah i'm, I'm stoked it's uh about yeah. a month out right or less than a month yeah now. i'm psyched yeah. i'm getting ready for my mc duties i've been reading about it and reaching out to speakers and things like that yeah i'm pretty pumped i've never emceed before i'm really psyched oh i think yeah. you're, you're gonna do great i mean feels like thank a you great fit for your personality like i can thank you i've it. always wanted to do it i love being on stage mm-hmm. <laughs> just, uh, that's fine i, I think really that's no secret it. to anybody who knows you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just so fun for me yeah. so i think it's gonna be a good time i uh thought about doing an attendee talk this or putting my hat in the ring for an attendee talk this year and just completely uh-huh. blew past the deadline so whoops oh <laughs> gotcha okay i've been a little busy so i i kind of i was on the fence on whether like do i want to tackle my noobishness at public speaking again this year or do i just want to not worry about working on that particular skill set this year so i'm i'm okay that like it's not going to happen this year it's fine yeah i know i'll be since i'm since i get like stressed about it because i'm new to it i haven't done a lot of speaking like i know that like if i'm on day two i will be stressed the whole day stay day one thinking about it and it's just i'd rather have a it 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 is really nice to not speak (laughs) Mm -hmm. sometimes (laughs) just like like i'm just here to meet people and talk and enjoy it and like no pressure that is pretty great like to me the the best part of a conference is when i'm done with my talk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like okay now i can really relax and just chill yeah so in exchange i'm just going to try to get like i like i do every year try to approach get the most out of microconf that i can connect with people and all that kind of stuff so Mm mm-hmm I'm also interested to try to hit like some like just see where I'm at milestone wise. Like Brian Castle was saying, he always, he thinks of microconf as kind of like a checkpoint, checkpoint in the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian and Jordan, and like it's uh, I, I have the same thing. 
where it's like last year I like it was like an idea like we were like we were just like starting to do it like it was brand new and so now it's like okay a year later like where are we at what's what's the revenue look like what are the what's the MRR so I'm gonna try to include uh, some of that in my talk I think just to, just to give people a sense of where we are where we are cool, cool. all right well I have a concert tonight oh uh, you're performing I'm performing I'm singing with um, the Boston Symphony Orchestra tonight wow nice yeah. Uh, a piece by Dvorak. Whoa, this sounds yeah, very. Which is like the keyboard layout, but with a fancier uh, <laughs> little thing over the A. Yeah. Every time I see Dvorak, I'm like Dvorak. No. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're singing a piece by my keyboard layout. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Same guy. I was a composer and a keyboard guy. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. You better take your nap and uh, get kind of reset. Yes. yes, I will. Yeah. And put a, I'm putting on a tux, which is always fun. Nice. Yeah. It's fun yeah. to get dressed up. I'll have to go re-Google how to tie a bow tie. Ah, ooh, yeah, I've never done a bow tie. Only uh, only the standards. Yeah, it's kind of annoying, but it's, you know, whatever. All right, Uh, show notes? Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and joining us on this crazy journey. Yes, thank you. Bye. See you next time.